Morning, church. How are we doing today? You know, thank you, Jill, because it's one of the few times I can say, you know, you look kind of all wet to me, and I'm glad. So great to have the rain today. Uh, if you're a guest or visitor, we are so grateful that you've come to First United Methodist Church this morning. If you have questions about anything, make sure you ask one of the folks that's seated uh, next to you. They probably uh, have the answers for you, or you can go back to our Welcome Center outside of there. I want to echo before I go to the big idea of what Vicky said a few moments ago about the backpacks. You know, we've claimed as a church 75 backpacks to fill for Marion Carrison. To me, it was astonishing uh, that uh, we only had seven or eight left this morning. So I'm grateful for your generosity. And, and of course, uh, alongside Vicky, make that plea uh, to fill those up because those are for the kids that uh, uh, just don't have enough. Uh, free school is just not completely free anymore. Uh, so if you could help them out, that would be fantastic. Pastor Keith is, at, uh, is away on vacation, and as uh, Vicky mentioned early, or Val mentioned early, we are in the camping season. The last term of summer games begins a few hours after this worship service concludes. It'll be at Wesley Woods. We had a big one at Pictured Rocks last week, and I know several of our young people, our youth and young adults, are leading the camp that's at Wesley Woods, and several of our children are going to it. So I certainly encourage you to pray forward for them. Pastor Keith and I have been walking through the uh, book of Acts with you, not in a linear fashion, but by the ministers. First, we looked at the minister known as Peter, the first uh, disciple of Jesus. Then we looked at the Apostle Paul. Then we've talked about Stephen. And now we bring ourselves to Philip, who is known as the evangelist. We uh, look today at Philip's mission. And Philip's mission is interesting. You know, some of you remember that fantastic film that started out black and white and then turned color called The Wizard of Oz. The penultimate scene in which Dorothy, with her ruby slippers, clicks them together three times and says, there's no place like home, there's no place like home, there's no place like home. Long before Dorothy or whoever wrote that story thought those words, the Philip the Evangelist walks through Israel knowing that there is no place like home and that there is a home for every single person that ever lived, ever has lived, and ever is going to live. And that home is in his heavenly kingdom with Jesus Christ our Lord. And that home can begin and can be inhabited right now because you can bring your own self by the power of the witnessing evangelist, by the power of of those that would speak to you, and the Spirit runs through them to have your home in Jesus Christ. And there is no place like that home. Our preacher this morning is going to speak of such things, and she's going to teach you how we might be inviting others to come to know and live and reside in that home. The gateway to that, of course, is the Holy Scriptures. In Acts chapter 6, 8, verse 26 and following, we see Philip in the meeting with the Ethiopian eunuch. Now, Pastor Keith based his talk on this text last week, and this next week, We're going to look at the whole text, but I encourage you to see what's happening here. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury of the Kandake, which means the queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot 
and stay near it. These are the words of God today for the people of God, and we're going to unpack them in just a couple of moments. But first, I want to introduce our speaker and then pray for her. I've known our speaker this morning most of her life. Um, This is my daughter, Lisa. She is a rising sophomore at Iowa State University. She came to be part of this church when we moved here. She was in the fifth grade. Uh, Lisa has served this summer as our summer ministry intern, which means she's been working full-time at the church, not just as her father's lackey or Pastor Keith's lackey. She's uh, done many things involved with Summer Games uh, University, many things at the church in regards to projects, uh, visitations, uh, been involved in a lot of things seeking to give Lisa a broad view of what ministry is and also give her the opportunity to engage uh, with many of you. Of you, I know that she uh, has passion for the Lord Jesus Christ, again, because I've known her most of her life, and I know, have known her to be uh, not just uh, knowledgeable in what she's going to talk to you about, but actually a pretty good expert. So I'd like to take a minute, and I'd ask you to pray with me for Lisa as she gets ready to preach here. Lord Jesus, we ask the presence and power of your Holy Spirit to simply overwhelm Lisa so that as she comes forward, the words of her heart might come through her mouth. And they might be part of that great witness that has come before us and shall come after us. And they might speak the truth of you and guide us to how we might more effectively serve you in this world. Lord, she endeavors, like so many in her generation, to be part of that great army of witnesses that by and through the proclamation of your word, fueled by the Holy Spirit, that great day might come when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So power her today, Lord, to speak to these, your gathered people. In Jesus' name, bless your preacher today. Amen. And would you all join me in welcoming my baby, Lisa Morgan. right now by most of my life. I thought I'd known him my whole life, but (laughs) through these past few weeks, we have looked at Philip the minister, his message, and today we are going to focus on Philip's mission. Philip is a great example of someone who obeyed the instructions of God. When an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip about going to a certain place, Philip got up and went, no questions asked, no hesitation. Now, some of you that have known me for a long time or that do know me know that one of my parents' biggest struggles um, growing up, especially in high school, was getting my little butt out of bed in the morning. (laughs) I remember this one time when I'd set numerous, and when I say numerous, I mean at least five different alarm clocks, and I told my parents to make sure that I'd gotten up also. All of my alarms went off at their planned times as I continued to press snooze. Snooze, snooze. I swear my alarm could have died in exhaustion. My parents, came, my parents came in numerous times to get me up, but still, for some reason, I don't know why, I refused to get out of bed. I ended up being just a little bit late to school, and because of that, I had to pay the consequences. Because I didn't get up and go like I was supposed to. 
Unlike my willingness, unwillingness to get out of bed, when prompted by the Holy Spirit, we as followers of Christ need to respond immediately in faith, trusting that God has something to accomplish through us. Like Philip, we must be willing at any moment to do what God asks of us. Philip's mission teaches us that in order to be evangelists, we need to get to the right spot and talk to the right people. But we may ask, how do we do that? How do we know where God wants us to go or who he wants us to talk to? It's simple. First, we must listen to where God wants us to go. As Philip listened to the angel who told him exactly where to go, which was the desert road. In Romans 10:17, it says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. We must listen for the opportunities that God will present to us, because he will present them to us. And once God speaks to us, we can't continue to press snooze on him. God doesn't work like that. When God speaks to us, we should not doubt, but expect that there is benefit in doing what he is leading us to do. Also, we must expect that he has already prepared the individual to receive the words that we are going to speak to them. The eunuch was returning from worshiping in Jerusalem and was trying to understand the meaning of Isaiah 53.7. His heart was open to receive, but he couldn't comprehend the scripture. God honored this man's desire to understand it by calling on Philip, who responded in faith. Just like Philip, we as Christians today are the only hands and feet that God has on this earth, and we must respond the same way Philip did. But often, we don't know what that means. We are always told to go out, be evangelists, be witnesses for Christ, but we are never really told how we should do that. This is something that I really want to dig deep into this morning. Now, there are so many different ways to evangelize to other people, but these are the steps that I follow. The first thing that I do is I pray and ask God for guidance. We must pray that God will present us with opportunities and ask, us, ask him to give us guidance once we get there. Then we must listen for him to respond to us. There are three ways in which I hear God answer most of my prayers. A still voice within myself, through others, and through scripture. Sometimes God speaks loudly and clearly, but more often he speaks to me in a quiet voice. He presents reoccurring thoughts and ideas into my mind, which can be an important way that he is speaking to me. The next one, through others. God uses others to tell me something important. There have been many times in my life where I have been conflicted on what to do, and God uses someone else to give me my answer. And then the third one, through scripture, it is important for me to carve out quiet moments each day to study his word and sense his direction. God holds some very important answers to our questions in the Bible. We have to take the time to seek and search for them. My second thing is willingness. The next step on how to witness in others is that we must be willing to allow God to work through us Because like Pastor Mike said a couple weeks ago, people matter to God. And also, the people in your life should matter enough to you to tell them about the best thing in your life, 
which is Jesus Christ. I had this girl on my team last year. I'm on the dance team at Iowa State, and I felt God telling me that I should invite her to church with me. But I just continued to ignore this feeling. Then one Sunday, when I was at my church, I saw her there. So I went up and asked her about it, and she told me that she was so excited because a girl in her class had invited her to church with her, and she'd been wanting to find a church, but she was too scared to go alone. This made me feel extremely guilty and convicted. If I would have just been willing to do what God had asked me much earlier to do, she could have been there a long time ago. So be willing to do what God asks of you. You don't want to feel conviction and guilt. Number three is knowledge. We should go into the situation with knowledge from the Bible. Memorizing verses to recite when someone asks us a question or needs advice. This doesn't mean by any means that you have to memorize the whole Bible, but just know a few verses that you can use and recall when someone asks you something. In the back of my Bible, like probably most, I have an index to verses listed under different subject headings. I love to study verses from here. This can be a useful tool for finding things that relate to different people's situation. I heard a quote the other day, and it said, God's word encourages you to encourage others. It is important to have knowledge of God's word because we need to know how we are going to answer those tough questions. Before we start witnessing to others, we must be sure that we know what we believe and why we believe it. My fourth thing, then, would be to listen and relate to the people in your lives. I think this is one of the most important and maybe most difficult things for us to do. We must listen to the person we are witnessing to. I'm guessing many of you, like me, have dealt with bad listeners before. The other day when I was talking to one of my friends, he was telling me how he was surrounded with wonderful people in his life. He had great friends and family, but he didn't feel like anyone would just sit down and listen to him. He had so much on his heart, and the last thing he needed was someone to just hammer off pointless advice. He wanted someone to care enough to stop talking and listen to him for five minutes. Sometimes the thing the people in our lives need the most is someone just to listen. If we don't take the time to listen, we will never know the right thing that God wants them to hear. Not every person needs to hear the same thing. Each person is different and needs to hear something that relates to their situation. And number five would be to take a risk. We have to take a risk knowing that we are putting ourselves out there to be vulnerable and people may shut us down, but that is okay. Sometimes witnessing for Jesus, actually I think most times, it can be discouraging because we don't always see immediate results. I had this friend in high school, and I was constantly telling him about how Jesus had transformed my life and how much God loved him. But after a while, I felt like I was just wasting my breath because I didn't think he cared or was even listening to me. Then a few years later, he randomly emailed me telling me how much the words that I said had impacted him and how much they had meant. He was going through some hard times at the moment, and he remembered some of the things that I had said years earlier. He decided to start going to church and reading his Bible. He was really trying to change his life around. I was shocked and extremely touched. 
After feeling like a broken record for so long, it was amazing to see that God was working through me in ways that I didn't even understand. So don't get discouraged or give up. Our society is programmed to receive instant gratification, but sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't always give us instant results. God has his own perfect timing that may be very different from our own. We may be planting a seed in someone's life that will later flourish and grow. As you've heard Pastor Mike and Pastor Keith say many times over the past couple of weeks, Philip was an evangelist. He is a great example to us of what true evangelism looks like. He listened to God and went out, leaving Jerusalem and traveling to places like Samaria to reach people who hadn't yet heard the good news of Christ. He went everywhere because he wanted everyone to hear about God. But do you know where everywhere starts for us? It starts right here, in our daily lives and the people we see and deal with each and every day. Each person in our life should matter enough to us because they matter so much to God to tell them about the wonderful news of Christ. It says in Matthew 18, 19 through 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. My favorite part of this verse is, and behold, I am with you always to the end of this age. Through every act of witnessing that we do, God is always with us and will never leave us. He is holding our hand and won't let us go. And if you truly believe that God's word will accomplish what God desires, that the gospel is powerful to save, and that it is Jesus who draws people to himself, then you should realize that the responsibility of salvation doesn't lie on us. It is he alone who saves. But we have a huge responsibility because we are the only teachers and deliverers of the good news here on earth. Growing up in my family, birthdays were always a huge deal and a huge celebration. I remember one specific birthday when I was five, and we were sitting around the dinner eating my birthday cake. My dad was talking about how he remembered this day five years earlier when I was born, and it was just so awesome and cool. And I replied to him saying, wait, I was born on my birthday? <laughs> my family all proceeded to laugh at me, and we still joke about it to this day. But I remember this moment so vividly. I had this light bulb type of moment, and it just clicked for the first time. I sat there in awe because I never realized that, <laughs> silly to me, but I never realized that I was born on my birthday. And it was such a cool realization. Now, if you get to see the light, click on and help someone realize the love that is in store for them through relationship with Jesus Christ, there is nothing more beautiful than that. When you leave today, I want you to remember this. Submit yourself to God and his plans, and he will get you to the right spot to talk to the right people. But we must first ask and pray for guidance. Be willing to allow God to work through us. Have knowledge in scripture to share Christ's loves. Really listen and relate to others. And love the people in our lives enough to take the risk to witness to them. Remember that we are the only hands and feet 
that God has in this broken world. Now to wrap up, will you all bow your heads and pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to this beautiful congregation this morning. God, we thank you for the wonderful things you have done for us and will do for us. We thank you for all of the people that you have placed in our lives for a very specific purpose. Lord, I pray that we really open our hearts to be witnesses for you each and every day of our lives. Give us the strength and courage to go out into this world and win souls for you. And help us to realize that we are never alone. You will never leave our side. Remind us that we are your teachers, deliverers, hands and feet on earth. And we should strive each day to tell others about the wonderful things that are in store for them through relationship with you. Father God, we love you so much. It is in your heavenly name that we pray. Amen.